Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. So despite skyrocketing inflation that reached a 40-plus year high of 8.5% for all goods year-over-year in March, and ongoing supply chain challenges that are driving up production costs and out of stocks, U.S. consumers continue to spend what it takes to fill their grocery carts and keep their pantries stocked. Over the past year, most CPG companies have raised prices at least once, and more often multiple times, as the cost of goods as measured by the Producer Price Index most recently updated last week by the Bureau of Labor Statistics soared a staggering 11.2% year-over-year. So far, consumers appear to be absorbing the higher prices, with the Census Bureau's most recent monthly retail spending report released last week showing U.S. retail and food service sales in March rising 6.9% from a year ago, and grocery sales specifically up 9.5% for the year. But for how much longer will consumers accept and can absorb rising prices? And how should food manufacturers and grocers, which have gone to extreme lengths to protect consumers from the full brunt of inflation so far, be preparing for ongoing increases in inflation and potential shifts in shopping? In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Leslie Saracen, the president and CEO of FMI, the Food Industry Association, shares how inflation, supply chain challenges, the Russian and Ukrainian conflict, the pandemic, and other factors are all impacting consumer perceptions of price and product availability, as well as their shopping habits. Pulling from data from the recently published first part in a six-part U.S. Grocery Shopper Trends Report, conducted by FMI and the Hartman Group, Saracen shines a light on which categories and channels are gaining and losing sales as consumers respond to these macro trends. She also shares strategies for stakeholders to seize opportunities hidden within these challenges. So while juggling inflation, supply chain challenges, and ongoing elevated consumer demand for food at home is a complicated challenge for the industry, Saracen says that the current climate might not be as grim as it appears, at least at first blush. We head into the the second quarter of the year. Uh, What we're continuing to see is that the industry is grappling with inflation, of course. Um, We do have some complicated supply chain challenges that uh, developed during the pandemic that we're trying to resolve and, and smooth out a little bit. And then, of course, we have this record-setting consumer demand for food at home. Um, and so these are all things that are happening at the same time that um, have really affected how we operate as an industry. What we've also seen is that since last summer, grocery shopper concerns have shifted dramatically away from being as concerned about COVID-19 to some of the rising food prices and um, another of our challenges, the out-of-stock items they're finding in their stores. And as you indicated, we did have some news this week that uh, certainly supports some of these issues and concerns um, with an 8.5% increase in the CPI in March. Um, And there was also recently a Federal Reserve study that found that consumers um, are fearful that inflation is going to hit more than 6.5% over the next year. 
So um, taking all of these things together and the kinds of pressures um, that they, they bring to the food industry, we don't expect that these things are going to go away quickly. Um, we're working as hard as we can in the industry to address the issues that we have some control over in both the short term and the long term. Um, and I think the good news for, um, for all of us is that notwithstanding the concerns the shopper has <clears throat> about uh, rising prices and uh, other pressures they're dealing with in grocery shopping, household spending on groceries has increased only about 4% to $148 a week so far this year. And weekly grocery spending still remains well below the $161 per week that we saw at the height of the pandemic. So um, there's good news in in some of these uh, numbers that even though it might not appear to be good news, um, if we dig a little deeper, that we do see that there is uh, there is some good news here. Well, the actual increase in dollar spend might not be as high as some economic indicators suggest. FMI's study found how consumers perceive and experience current inflation differs significantly across socioeconomic groups, and their responses vary accordingly. We do see a lot of differences in in how um, shoppers are behaving and and how they're being impacted uh, by some of these changes. Um, Most of the shoppers indicate they're spending more at the grocery store, of course, um, and about a quarter of them say that they're spending a lot more. Um, Those in urban areas, uh, about 63% um, of those who are in urban areas and those with higher incomes are also likely to note increases. And when I refer to those with higher income, dollars more or more a year, um, I think we also need to consider that perhaps, and, and of course we don't know this, but perhaps consumers might be misidentifying the timing of some of their increased spending. Um, as I indicated a few minutes ago, on average the weekly spending numbers that shoppers report for themselves have really only increased about 4% compared to what they estimated a year ago. Um, This could suggest that early in the pandemic, increased spending seemed less dramatic at the time um, because at at the time that was happening, it was being offset by other reductions in their their spends. Um, But as we go through this now, more recently, of course, these smaller increases may have been felt more acutely because they're coinciding with newer concerns about rising food prices. Um, And so... You know, there are also tremendously uh, higher prices being felt in other parts of the economy that weren't so acute uh, when they were going through this uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So it's hard to know exactly um, how much of this is real and how much of this is just consumer perception given the breadth of concern in the economy. Other things that are going on that I think may be affecting uh, why shoppers are spending more at the grocery store now, or at least perceive they are, um, and is that for one thing, they're, shoppers acknowledge that they're eating out less than they did before the pandemic. Um, and so throughout the pandemic, and I think this, we see this continuing to happen, um, because shoppers are eating out less, they're spending more money each week at the grocery store because they're cooking and eating more meals at home. And that, I think, has also led them, because they, they don't have necessarily that 
um, that feeling of treating themselves perhaps to eating out, um, I suspect that they're also buying higher quality items when they're in the grocery store than they may have in the past um, as sort of a treat to themselves and their families even, even though they're eating at home. And so I think that has uh, probably impacted how, uh, how consumers are shopping, how they're spending, and what their perceptions are about it. We've also seen significant wage increases for many shoppers during the pandemic. And I think shoppers, uh, what we see is that shoppers report they're spending more at the grocery store given that their household income has also gone up. So there are a number of factors at play here that, that I think um, not only are affecting in real terms what we're spending, but how we feel about it and how, how we think about what we're spending. Whether the impact of inflation is real or perceived, FMI's research found consumers are starting to alter their shopping habits to mitigate price increases, even as they continue to spend more at the grocery store overall than they did pre-pandemic. FMI's 2022 Grocery Shopper Trends Report, uh, which we've just released, um, found that most shoppers say they're now more frequently looking for deals. So um, the data that we have indicates that about 31% say that they will buy only when things are on sale. And some of those folks, of course, do so with more urgency than, uh, than others in, in society. Um, lower income shoppers are especially likely to report changes in what they buy. Uh, and some of the, the um, changes that they're talking about is, uh, for example, switching from fresh meat to frozen meat, for example. Um, among shoppers with incomes less than $40,000, 31% of them say they're not buying as much fresh, fresh meat and seafood. And 23% are not buying as much fresh produce. Now, to supplement uh, those changes, those same shoppers say they're buying more frozen meat or canned produce. And our data shows that 35% of all shoppers say they're buying more store brands than they did previously. Um, and, you know, I think we in the, the food retail sector, we get it. Um, the effect these challenges are, have had on communities and families is significant. And so um, we know from a recent poll that about two-thirds of Americans have really felt the effects of inflation with the biggest impacts felt at the grocery store and the fuel pump. So as an industry, we continue to do everything possible to avoid passing along those increased costs to our customers. And um, it's uh, a challenging time for all of us, but I think what, what's important is that we in the retail sector and in the food industry more broadly are acutely aware of what our shoppers are dealing with and are working collectively with them to try to help them uh, be able to access the food products they want and need at a price they can afford. Um, and so as an industry, grocers are really trying to adjust not only to the change in the environment, but also to the changing needs of our customers. Um, many of our stores are now offering much more opportunity for freshly made grab-and-go and ready-to-eat items. Uh, both for individuals who are on the go and for families who want to have fresh, healthy meal options that they can eat at home but don't want to have to spend a lot of time preparing it. You know, I think one of the big changes in our society during the pandemic has been uh, this return to the kitchen, <laughs> as, as we say. Um, for those of us who did know how to cook, we've been reminded that we know how to cook 
and um, have enjoyed, in many cases, uh, sort of being back in the kitchen again. And for those of us who didn't know how to cook, it's been a real opportunity to learn how, and, and so there's been much more focus on grocery shopping and cooking, and uh, our stores have worked very closely with their customers to try to make sure they do everything they can to help facilitate that. Um, I think the other thing we see grocers doing is promoting their own store brands. Um, these are high-quality and some, many times lower-cost alternatives uh, for many of the products that consumers are accustomed to buying for themselves and their families at a time when the cost of some of those favorite brands may have increased to some degree. So uh, we see retailers hard at work trying to help their customers meet their needs, both from a, a nutritional and a, and a time-saving uh, perspective, but also uh, from a financial perspective. While inflation has been top of mind in the past week, it's not the only factor swaying shopper behavior. Saracen explains that the pandemic continues to influence where and how consumers buy groceries, including online. Our data shows that shoppers are still concerned about COVID-19 when when they shop. Um, It is fair to say that those fears are slowly subsiding a bit, um, but our most recent data shows that about a third of shoppers are concerned with getting sick from other shoppers in the store. Now, that's down from a peak of nearly two-thirds in April of 2020, but it's still uh, enough of our, our consuming public that, that it is something to, uh, to note um, as we think about how shopping is evolving. Um, in general, we know that shoppers tend to be shopping at the grocery store as safer than going to restaurants. But shoppers do acknowledge that they continue to feel safer in stores that have mask requirements still in place or uh, they safer, feel safer with online shopping. Um, we know that over a third of shoppers still feel that it's very or extremely risky to shop at stores with no mask or vaccination requirements. And a large majority at about 76% say that shopping with these requirements is acceptably safe. So the pandemic is, is finishing, I think, in uh, impacting the level of concern that shoppers have, but it certainly has not gone away. And I think um, we've tried to you know, take all of that into account as, as we've evolved through this pandemic, and um, we'll continue to do that, of course. I think it's fair to say that supermarket alternatives have maintained their share as primary food stores as we've gone through the pandemic, and online shopping has persisted even as the pandemic has, has receded to some degree. Uh, mass stores have lost little, if any, of their primary store usage. Um, slightly more shoppers now re- either rely on club and online-centered retail for the largest share of their groceries. And after we had this uh, dramatic increase in the reach of online grocery early on in the pandemic, um, these online methods continue to be used at least occasionally by about two-thirds of shoppers. Now, on the other hand, shoppers report allocating slightly less of their overall spend to online methods as compared to what they, they did in 2021. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but I think overall – what we saw happen is that online grocery sales doubled during the pandemic. And it's fascinating to me as I think back on those early days 
in January of 2020, just prior to the pandemic, we hosted our annual Midwinter Executive Conference. And during that conference, I gave a speech in which I predicted, you know, what the numbers of um, online sh- uh, shoppers would be and what the volume would be, what the, uh, the uh, uh, dollar allocations of that would be over the next five or six years. And fascinatingly, as a result of the pandemic, we met those numbers within about five or six months. So this immediate change has, I think, really affected how all of us uh, behave, how we shop and and what we look for. Um, And that has caused the grocery industry um, to really have to change how we behave and how we've invested in that segment of our business. We know that the uh, food retail industry invested more than $8 billion um, early on in the pandemic, and they invested that money in a variety of things to try to facilitate online shopping. One was in technology, um, and of course technology to try to improve customers' online shopping experience and to help them get more comfortable with that online uh, shopping experience. Um, We also spent a tremendous amount of resources in expanding home delivery and curbside pickup options for our customers. We had to make mobile payments more seamless so that it wasn't so clunky when people were buying online. And we also did a lot to try to improve the scan-and-go self-checkout experience for those who went into the store. Um, And I think the end result is that about 9 out of 10 food retailers offer online shopping capabilities. So it's had a, a big uh, change in how we function as an industry and how our customers are experiencing that, that, uh, that, that shopping opportunity. Online isn't the only channel to gain primary shoppers since the pandemic began. According to FMI's research, more consumers are buying groceries from mass and club stores and fewer from supermarkets. So since 2019, the percentage of shoppers who consider the supermarket their primary channel has dropped from 49% to 40%, while mass grew from 24% to 33% in 2021 before dipping back to 30% in 2022. Finally, Club has steadily gained shoppers going from 5% in 2019 to 9% this year. Saracen noted that increased competition among these and other channels like convenience is helping to keep inflation in check for shoppers as they compete for feet by keeping prices low. Looking forward, inflation likely will remain a top influencer for where and how consumers shop as well as what they buy, according to Saracen, who added how long economic pressures last will hinge on a variety of factors, some known and some likely not these things are really hard to predict, you know, as I indicated of where we were in January of 2020. And then within a few short months, the whole world was a totally different place. It is uh, really challenging. Um, And of course, the global supply chain is affected by a lot of different factors. So, um, you know, materials and ingredients, labor, which we haven't even talked about as being, you know, has been such a, a big issue for, for everyone in the economy. Um, making sure we have access to the equipment we need, transportation, logistics capacity, inventory control. Um, you know, and then, of course, we haven't really talked much about weather-related events either, and we've had a few of those in the last few years. 
um, as well. So, and then of course, with you referenced the the war in Ukraine, these are all many of them challenges that we couldn't have foreseen. And as a result, it's impossible to predict what the impact of all of these things are going to be as we move forward. But with that said, I do think we won't see much relief from inflationary pressures until at least 2023. And the extent to which it, it, is, it happens sooner rather than later, I think, really is dependent on what other unanticipated kind of obstacles we may experience in the coming months. Um, but, you know, only time will tell how any of this will, will play out. Um, but I, I would be surprised if we saw a lot of improvement in this calendar year. While some of these factors can't be controlled, FMI is working with stakeholders to manage as best as possible the ones that can. So, for example, Saracen said the trade group is working with legislators and government officials to potentially ease transportation challenges by advocating for more flexibility around who can drive and when. It's also working with the government to provide waivers for certain restrictions and regulations that may hinder reliable access to food. As FMI does this, it also plans to keep the industry appraised of its efforts and how the food landscape and shoppers' behaviors overall are evolving through the ongoing publication of its six-part 2022 U.S. Grocery Shopper Trends series. The shopper landscape, from which Saracen shared insights today, is already available, and the remaining five parts will publish over the course of the year. To read the first report and get updates on when the next five publish, please visit www.fmi.org backslash grocery trends, all one word. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.